0: that, I welcome you into Coach's Corner, that is right, it is a Wednesday night, it is June 6th, or 7th, June 7th, my bad, and we are back live with NBA Finals action happening as I'm recording, yeah, how about that, we're going to do a little bit kind of a watch-along while discussing the other news happening around sports, (laughs) there's a lot of sports to talk about, Um, a lot of news came out over the past couple days really, but not in the traditional sports, you know, Baseball had some fun things. Ellie uh, David uh, Cruz on the Reds finally got called up as one of the best prospects in the league. He got um, called up. He had his first career home run tonight, four hundred and almost sixty feet. <laughs> that destroyed the baseball. Almost left the stadium. It was awesome to see for the Reds there. Then let's see. Oh, basketball! Basketball has some news. Um, not about the finals, but Chris Paul wants to be in Phoenix, Phoenix might not want Chris Paul there, it's one of those things where people are talking about whether Chris Paul at age 38 or 39, I think he's going to be 39, is he going to come back to the Suns, is he going to be their point guard, or are they going to roll the dice on someone else, free up a lot of money there, I, I, maybe, but we will see what happens with that situation as it develops, and yeah, Chris Paul, I mean, it's one of those, the Suns are in a weird spot here now where basically they've had Devin Booker there. He's basically the answer for the franchise. He's the guy, no doubt about it. But then there's this kind of rotation of who's going to be his second star. And obviously they made the finals with Chris Paul. They made the jump with Chris Paul. They've had a good couple of years with him. Um, but then they brought in Kevin Durant this past season. Didn't do anything in the playoffs, but obviously you have Kevin Durant under contract for the next three seasons. You're going to get him basically to the end of his career, and Chris Paul might be at the end of his. He has maybe a year or two left at, at best, maybe, if he doesn't fall apart here during the, you know, off season. But, you know, obviously they want to go into that. Now Chris Paul's kind of old news, and that's a lot of money to be paying a guy that's not your... So for that reason, uh, obviously I think they're going to move off of Chris Paul. I kind of thought that was going to be the move. I thought that was going to happen. Either Chris Paul or Aiton are going or both of them. Um, I think there's a better chance Aiton stays now. Now that there is a new coach in town, Frank Vogel. And, you know, I, I'm i curious what the Suns will do. Because, I mean, now they do have that, like, flexibility where it's like now the free agents will be freeing up. I'm sure people will want to come on the team with Booker, with... Uh, You know Durant there more veterans that'll be free, you know not off the buyout market, which is the market of veterans that are likely at the end of their road anyways. Like guys that are just kind of filling in to if break class in case of emergency. There will probably be better options on the free agent market to pair with that duo they have. And like I said, they'll free up a lot of money if they move Chris Paul. So, Uh, but we're approaching the end of the first quarter here in uh, Miami. Jimmy Butler has 10 points. Uh, what's his name? Yeah, tied 22-22 as you see on the screen here. Uh, a bit of competitive first quarter. I think it's been interesting, like, different types of um, attacks now. I think counterattacks that the Nuggets are launching. Jamal Murray much more involved to scoring-wise in the first quarter. Uh, there's, the defense for the Nuggets switching-wise I think has been better uh, just as a whole. And, uh, yeah, I think it's been a lot more of a competitive first quarter as it's the end of the first quarter on my screen, 24-24. Like I said, it's kind of in that type of series where it has been competitive and it's really up to the role players here to play their part. And uh, right now I do think... Right now it's this, the stars are kind of going at it. Jimmy Butler's having a good game, obviously. Jokic is having a good game. Jamal Murray's having a good game. Uh, but now I think it's like... You see, they're pretty deadlock even when those their stars are playing. It's to those role guys now that we look, you know, the Jeff Greens, the Bruce Browns, Christian Brown. You know, those guys on the Nuggets, Duncan Robinson, Kyle Lowry, Caleb Martin. What can those guys bring to the table to separate the teams here? And, you know, I, I don't know. We'll see. Because I think this game has been officiated fairly. I think they're kind of letting them play a lot, which is interesting to see because, you know... I it's not something... You don't see them... You know, they don't see referee, referees that are like, let them play often. So when you do see it, it is a shock. But I think they're doing a good job. So, yeah, it'll be it'll be very interesting. I didn't notice, but Reggie Jackson is in the game. <laughs> That's a change to the lineup there for the Nuggets. I, Reggie Jackson, I don't think's really sniffed the floor that much. But I understand as another ball handler, I guess, that someone might be in foul trouble I don't know about because that's the case but while they're in commercial I want to talk real quick about the live tour that's right uh we had some news come out with the live tour you know that wonderful league that plays on the cw that barely gets ratings and you know the big bang theory comes on they have to turn off the live tour so they can play the big bang theory reruns we have news they've done a merger that's right a good old-fashioned merger you don't hear that word often with sports leagues nowadays but PGA Tour and DP World Tour and Live Golf have announced they are unifying. I don't know what the DP Golf Tour is, I'm not going to lie. Not a golf connoisseur there, but regardless, uh, the leagues, the big leagues are Live and PGA, obviously. Live has been poaching players, famous players from the PGA Tour, paying them oogles of millions. (laughs) So many millions that they don't know what to do with. And, you know, it's very interesting because now it's like kind of transitioning here to where it was basically shame on the live guys. The live guys aren't going to do anything. They're going to eventually come crawling back to the PGA. You know, they took all those millions, but it's a dirty money because it's from the Saudis. And now they look like the winners. Now they look like a winning, I guess, group of players. Now they've made their millions. Like I said, oodles upon millions of dollars they've made. And now they get to play back on the PGA Tour without, like, really sacrificing anything. I mean, maybe a couple tournaments here and there. Maybe some pride or maybe some fans that don't love this involvement that they had. But they just made hundreds of millions of dollars and are returning back to where they were playing before just that much richer. And they'll get paid better going forward because the Live Tour money is now, you know, washed into the regular PGA Tour money. And so money talks, of course, as always, but the big losers have to be the PGA players. I mean, in the PGA as a whole, because they kind of were like, you know what, we're going to try and stand high and mighty. We're going to be the morally right. We're the guys we've been around forever. Tradition trumps all. And now they find themselves bending the knee. PGA players that were like, you know what? Those live guys stink. I don't like them. I'm going to stay here and entrench my name in PGA Tour history. Now those guys basically missed out on those hundreds of millions of dollars I was talking about that the live guys made. And now they have to go back to work with these guys on a every week basis again. Because although they did do some majors together, like the Masters and you know, Brooks Kepka won the last, I think, the US Open or PGA Championship. I mean, I mean they have to do that now for every week now and make probably a lot less Millions that those guys just got paid. So, I, I, although I think it's good in the long run, for I mean, the players will be paid a lot more whenever they win place and all that stuff. You know, they'll obviously, I think, look back and feel better about it. But this little quabble that they had definitely was tough on the PJ Tour much more than the live guys. I mean, <laughs> we see it right now. They. We had a live guy just win the championship, and now he's back in the PGA full time, made all those millions, you know, really just, he had a good go of it, and a lot of those guys probably feel the same way, and like I said, the, some of the people, some of the fans are going to be mad at them, but I don't think they are they were ever going to win those type of arguments regardless, I mean, like, I, they just won't have those fans, but they'll have that money, and I think the money trumps the fans, with all due respect. But I do think this is also good for the game of golf as a whole. If you take away all the reasons I've discussed which are basically all up to money, this is good for golf because those guys are back now. They are, you know, in the mix now day to day. It's back to the same golf that we were used to, but now it does have that little bit of a rivalry. I think this as tough as it is to hear, it's probably a good, you know, injection of juice for the PGA for golf as a whole cuz obviously i don't think it's one of those sports that gets stale per se i don't th- i think people if you're a fan of it you're a fan of it if you're not you're not i think it is one of those things like as a whole this is will market to people who want to see more rivalries who want to see more players hating each other cuz across a lot of sports i don't think that happens anymore i don't think rivalries are as big of a deal Like in the NBA, for example, it's definitely not as many rivalries as there was because of player movement. In the NFL, you can argue the same because quarterback doesn't win somewhere. Eventually, he's going to want to be traded. You know, guys don't last longer base rivalries, but there's such fluctuation year to year. Who knows if the rivalry will actually be competitive? But this type of thing, you get, I think, a lot more interesting dynamics between the players for at least this time period until it kind of shifts back to normal you'll get the more rivalries where you know Phil against Rory is a two awesome ginormous names the guy that I always say is kind of the face of live when he went over there against the guy who's the face of hating live and rory so you see what I mean there's like aspects of it that I think is good for the sport the bad blood is good for the sport i i've kind of pounded that table and when the first coach's corner came back with the hatred i had the rivalry between Caitlin Clark and LSU and Angel Reese that rivalry is good for that sport these rivalries and hatred will be good for this sport it's not good to talk about hate in the world but when we get down to sports in the end we can always remind ourselves it's just a game in the end you can just not like each other and then after it's over it's over but this is a good thing for golf I am wholeheartedly behind that reason as a whole so that was big news. Obviously, I just discussed the Chris Paul news. That's a big thing. And then we're going to talk a little bit of foosball. We're going to talk a little Messi, 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 Messi. Lionel Messi. That's the name that I feel like a lot of people should know, if not everyone. Uh, one of the most popular athletes, I think, ever. And I can't even claim that I've watched a single game of Messi outside of the World Cup but I might be watching a little bit more Messi now that he's in America playing for Inter Miami. That's right, the biggest superstar I think in the golfing universe, Lionel Messi, has joined Inter Miami CF. Uh, His contract uh, came, I guess, came to an end with PSG and he decided to take his talents to South Beach. (laughs) a very interesting deal that got done here. Uh, this was one of those things also Messi was offered by the S- Saudi Arabia to take a ton of money to come play soccer for them, kind of like what Ronaldo is doing right now. He got offered a three-year $1.6 billion deal. So the theme of today's show is money talks, but money didn't talk for Messi. A lot of other, I guess, money but in different avenues talked for Messi. Messi is joining Miami on, I guess, a massive deal its own right he's getting a uh, share of uh, the subscriptions to Apple TV which is where MLS games are being broadcast he's getting a cut of that share he's getting a cut of uh, sales from the team store I believe and like the Miami whatever is sold he gets percentage of that cut and he gets a, a I don't know if it's either like once he's done with the MLS he'll go into like ownership for an expansion team or if he's going to be a part owner of Miami either way He's going. I, I'm still trying to like. I'm reading this as I speak. He's going to be part of owning a team in the MLS, which I think is huge for soccer. MLS like marketability, obviously. A Messi owned team here in America it is huge news worldwide. Aside from America's like beef with soccer, like watching soccer, but that'll be big news whenever he becomes the owner. Because you know, uh, people like to point to their players as the owner and michael jordan and charlotte's a big example he stinks as an owner but people talk about charlotte i think sometimes just because michael owns them uh so miami are getting it you know Messi will be big they have joseph martinez already atlanta legend salute to him but yeah it's a big big day for soccer in america i really i really do think that although like people will always i think crap all over soccer here you know, there are ways that I think eyes in America, you know, look watching soccer and, like, getting this kind of introduction to Messi being on our turf and playing here and kind of pretty much going to dominate, basically, that will probably bring more eyes uh, to the sport and do justice to, I think, a sport that I think is good for the most part. It's just we don't have a good – we don't have good soccer here, you know, year to year that appeals to us and, you know uh, – You can't connect with a team, you know, 12 hours more, like, across the globe. You can't really connect with that team as much as a team here. And so maybe this makes more homegrown fans. Maybe this makes more homegrown players because it's another aspect, I think, you know, in Europe, a lot of young kids, if they like soccer, they'll obviously get into it really young and just kind of basically play soccer their entire lives. I don't think we do that as quickly, and I don't think kids stay with it as much here in America. And maybe this kind of market with Messi and kids watching Messi growing up there in Miami. Maybe that brings another influx, a new generation of soccer players that enjoy watching a legend play for Miami. Now, maybe I'm overanalyzing. Maybe I'm not, but it's still, I think, a pretty significant deal. I think for the soccer world, um, and not just America in the whole. So. Big stuff there. Uh, We're in the second quarter. It is 29-29. Haven't been paying a whole lot of attention. Uh, trying to see if the Nuggets were running this lineup that they ran in Game 2 that I think they had a ton of success. And also, the Braves just took the lead over the Mets. So that's awesome. (laughs) Last night was hilarious when Pete Alonso hit a home run very far. Um, Bryce Alder, he said, throw it again, throw it again. And then... The Braves, you know, took the lead, hit the <laughs> took the lead, ended up um, hitting a homer, a dink, like a double or a single or something, and they ended up like mad Sick and the reliever for the Braves ended up saying, "Throw it again, throw it again." At the Mets, and I don't know. That's see, that's the kind of stuff. That's the kind of rivalry stuff we love to hear about. And so the Braves just took the lead on the Mets tonight. Also, they were down and now they're back. They're up five to four. So um, some action here, coming back from break. This is tough because YouTube TV. I love YouTube TV. I really do. One of the better uh, ways to watch sports, I think, in today's era. And they're just always a second behind. <laughs> they're just always like three seconds behind. Like, and it, it's like um, Jimmy Butler enters this game. The game for Gabe Vincent on the screen here, and he just committed the foul on Jamal Murray here, and. <laughs> on my tv so that's kind of you know is what it is but oh no Gabe Vincent got the steal oh and they called a foul they call another foul on Gabe Vincent oh they did they called a second foul oh he got two personal fouls here so that's what that meant (laughs) see it's stuff like that I had no clue I thought it was just a glitch on the thing that's that's not a foul. <laughs> that's respectfully not a foul. But I appreciate it from the referees. And if you're wondering, my rooting interest is still heavily for the Nuggets because Yoakum's know, just my guy, and I hate the Heat. And once again, if you haven't, I had a Miami Heat rant on. I think it was ATLK at the time when I recorded it, like last year or whatever. Just because I hate the Heat because they beat the Hawks, and I I hate the Heat culture. Just thing like a culture isn't a thing. A culture is not a noun. You can't grab a culture, and you don't have a culture. Like you guys develop talent well, you're coached well. I don't. it's stupid. It's a, it's stupid to like claim heat culture is like a, like it's a noun. Like we have it. Like what happens when your undrafted guys get paid and go elsewhere? Or you know, if you do bring in more undrafted guys, I guess sure that's a culture. But this is like a new thing. They haven't like been getting undrafted guys for the past 25 years that's not since that Matt, Pat Riley came over oh Caleb Martin's wide open for three. Oh, they have 37 no they just have 35 on my screen like it's it's just it's so annoying and also Brendan Willoughby Ray that that guy friend of friend of the program friend of mine Kyle Lowry is such a grifter Kyle Lowry just grifts and grifts and just like should probably not be alive because he's a bad person. He's a bad human being. Uh, but you know, yeah, it's one of those things where he just it sucks. He sucks so much, <laughs> Brendan. If you're if you're listening to this, if you ever hear this, this is for other friends as well. If he that he you suck. You you pick fandoms that are just so annoying and so like like just so annoying to me and I I just don't get why why he can't be normal (laughs) he can't be a normal fan oh my gosh like it's one of those where he just talks so much and it's like you know it's like on twitter when someone is like screaming into the void but the void is just us in the group chat it's just us like listening to him scream about his random sports teams and making out take after take just wearing us down until we snap. And I've already, like, I've snapped hundreds of times from an Alabama-Pittsburgh Steelers-Miami Heat fan. There's only so much I can absorb, and I can't take it that much longer. I can't take this Heat team any longer. They have to end. (laughs) They have to be stopped. Yeah, no, it is... Maybe he'll be... He'll probably be on the show at some point in the soon near future, probably. That does not make it any less bearable for me to have to listen to it on my own free time. Uh, but, yeah. So, uh, just thinking ahead, I'm curious now, now that I talked about it, like, how much longer the heat can go like this. Because, uh, you know... It, eventually like I said it has to end and I know some of these players are older uh get out of here add locker. so let's see This blue blue is player option we have a couple of those team option for Hayward Highsmith he's gonna get picked up but Jimmy Butler who is an older player by the way he's making he will be making like 52 and he's 38 years old which is probably be normal by the time like it'll be normal business moving as normal probably when that comes around but that's a lot of money uh bam is tied down for a while Kyle Lowry is not too much longer but still a decently long time uh see Duncan Robinson's <laughs> Duncan Robinson's making a ton of change for the next couple of years Victor Oladipo's making some good money um Oh, don't, don't complain for fouls. Go get the rebound. I don't, the Nuggets offensive rebounding, I don't think this game from their guards has been good. Normally it's been pretty solid for them. But this game in particular, I've noticed like they've kind of just given up on shots that just haven't been going. Oh, get the rebound. Good rebound. Aaron Gordon pushing it up the floor. So 38-37 still. Duncan Robinson's on Aaron Gordon. Yeah has to take better advantage of that there has to be he has to be stronger oh jamal murray with a three jimmy just kind of fell asleep there on the off ball which is weird but sorry back to this but uh tyler here after this season he jumps up 20 million basically 22 million on the heat there so that'll definitely take away some of this money they have kevin love and udonis haslam are old and probably going to be elsewhere Jovic is a rookie. Max Strus, this is this the last year for Max Stru- Max Struz and Gabe Vincent are about to get paid. <laughs> Max Struz and Gabe Vincent have been eating probably very well this off season. That's crazy. Are they actually? I can't. I can go back, but yeah, this is the last. Uh, uh, now I I will say this clears up probably cap space for them. Uh, they'll probably definitely pursue Damian Lillard if that opportunity comes up. Uh, I don't know if it will because, you know, he's, he's kind of... I don't want to say he's putting the feelers out there, but the fact that he's saying he'd love to play in Miami because Bam is his guy, he said that on a podcast today, the fact that he's saying that in public makes it look closer like he's going to demand that trade. Hasn't yet, but, like, he's potentially coming here. Maybe that takes, like, Kyle Lowry, Duncan Robinson, then, like, Kayla Martin, Caleb Martin, I guess maybe Jovic. Uh, like, I don't know. This is one of those teams where I don't like. As much as I do want to say that this can't last much longer because you're losing your two starters like Vincent and Struess. I, I guess that it, that is that culture I was talking about that might, that might produce two random new players that will be fantastic. But regardless, like. I don't know. It's such a weirdly built team in a conference that isn't necessarily loaded with teams like young teams. Like I'm trying to think of young teams off the bat right now, uh, Eastern Conference. Um, like obviously, I think you know the Celtics are going to be the Celtics. Like it's hard to imagine they'll go anywhere. The Bucks still have Giannis like young teams that'll last for a while Philadelphia maybe can last uh, Cleveland I think can last uh the Knicks and Nets Hawks the Raptors Bulls like those teams are all so like wishy-washy who knows if they'll be good next year uh Wizards are probably going to be rebuilding the Magic are a young team but they haven't you know they haven't been threatening to be in the play-in at least for the past couple of years the Pacers I guess are young too Hornets and Pistons are just still in the middle of their rebuild like uh, there aren't young teams that are threatening to come take the heat spot so even if they do like lose those guys like what what teams are gonna like jump the heat as like contenders in the east that's kind of the point I'm getting as like the, the Miami Heat are probably gonna be around for the next like three four years at the least in my eyes because unless jimmy falls off a cliff uh, um you know they'll have him bam and tyler hero who can do enough on defense and offense like respectively in their own rights to make the playoffs at least and like i said their coaches eric spolster who i haven't even really talked about being one of the best coaches in the league definitely like a top three guy but you know, it's just—it's one of those where the Heat, whether I like it or not, are definitely just gonna exist, just, just to spite me. It's just one of those, one of those teams that I just have to battle through, just have to beat <laughs> mentally in my mind that we're, I'm gonna go to war with Miami. He, Brendan, I'm gonna go to war with Brendan every single year. Whether I like it or not, in the playoffs, and like it won't even be like the Hawks were playing the Heat. No, I just, it'll just be literally Lucas. Picking every team against the Heat because can't stand it. I can't <laughs> them in Philadelphia, man. I can't stand either of those teams. And it's funny I was talking about rivalries and stuff, and i I've, I think in the NBA the thing is it's like I said, such a big player movement league, but also uh, the teams just change so like every couple years. It's like I hated the Cavs and I hated the like oh, who was the other team I didn't like. Like, I really didn't like the Cavs. I really didn't like the Celtics, but, you know, the Celtics have grown on me more as their team has kind of changed over. Uh, like, I didn't like the Wizards a lot. Like, but those teams, you know, they, they go through either rebuilds or they change so much. Unless you have a generational guy, you know, that stuff is very, flo- like, ever flowing. So, see, once again, Miami scores a three pointer. I have to know it on the screen before it happens in real life. And Michael Porter falling asleep. Just awful. Just awful defense. Nikola Jokic is just going to kill Michael Porter Jr. And he'll get to it before me. But I want to kill Michael Porter Jr. I don't know what he's doing. I don't. I don't know who he was camping on. Like Kyle Lowry in the corner. Like Kyle Lowry in the corner compared to the wing guys, definitely just not the open player. The player who's going to be open quicker. That pass is going to be so much harder. The corner than that wing shooter, but he's just in la-la land. I don't... I Michael Porter Jr. is, like, kind of reaching levels of unplayability. Like, he's not even playing on the guy in the corner. He's legitimately just in nowhere, like, never ever land. Like, I don't know what he's doing there. That That's the type of rotation stuff that was happening game two where guys are just getting lost on the floor. They're just existing without being... like not. They don't have to be glued, just be near the guy, so... It's just it's stuff like that. It's like come on, guys. So I I think this is a good place, a good stopping point. Is Jamal Murray shooting free throws to wrap it up? Obviously, you guys will know the result, before, like after the fact. Here, as I'm gonna be end up watching this. It's Jamal Murray it's a three-pointer. <laughs> um, you know, you guys will know about this, uh, and I I'll see if I release any like you know finals updates like next week because i plan on having a couple recorded stuff that will be dropping the same time and everything That's just will be recorded and whatnot so you know we'll see how that goes uh i hope you guys enjoyed that okay i made those plans on monday i think i said it then too but just a reminder for that, for that kind of deal but hopefully we have a good series here a good like continuation of this series I I think we we will have a good one I'm curious whether or not we'll go back to Denver with a clinching situation or a you know a tied series a best of three I should say so regardless I am your host Lucas Kochevar as always make sure you like, share, subscribe leave a thumbs up do all that good things check out LK League Notes on Friday, lksportstalk.com all that good stuff